My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back. It's good to see you guys. It's almost four o'clock. I will tell you, this will be a on-time podcast for the first time in the history. We will end <laughs> at five o'clock. <laughs> um, I am headed to a funeral for my aunt. You know, more often than not, we find ourselves almost monthly dealing with another loss of life of someone we know. It's something we never saw before 2020. and never saw before the vaccine. Now, they keep telling us that the truth is somewhere in between everything that we're seeing. They gaslight the American people as they are literally murdering Americans. Cancer's up nine sigma. I think I was seeing one of the studies since the COVID vaccine rolled out. And we do know that the World Economic Forum, there's a book put out, right, yep. that says they want to reduce the population by 4.8 billion. See, we are the frog that's being boiled. More importantly, this institutional slavery is something that is really, it's a real thing, which is why they're centralizing money and centralizing power among the very few. I believe that Facebook, by the way, people were relying on Facebook for a long time for advertising. Now Facebook has entered a new era where if you're a small to medium business trying to advertise on Facebook in order to meet, reach people, they're not letting you reach people. They're destroying small to medium businesses. I hear it every day. And so we've got to migrate away from platforms like that that are designed to hurt the, the community. But today, that's not what this is about. This, this podcast is about something completely different. This is about, well, it's not different in the, in the sense of we're talking about election fraud. Again, we're constantly talking about election fraud. We haven't stopped talking about it for two years. And yet we keep coming up with more evidence, evidence, and nothing is done about it. So this, our guest is Christopher Jersky. He's out of Florida and is ringing the bell on fake ballots, not just five ballots or 10 ballots, but millions of fake ballots. And everyone seems to be complicit in the behavior. They're hiding it. This is an institution that is hiding it. So without further ado, let's bring Chris to the show. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I got to see your video. And I was watching you, and I, was, I called Apollo, and I was like, get Chris on immediately. Well, you sent me the link, and I watched it, and I'm like, <laughs> immediately. So Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've got to get this word out because this is definitely happening in other states. But when you say fake ballots, I'm still trying to find a good word for this because this is so creepy and so sneaky what they're doing. 
And I have a feeling that this is what fooled us in the Arizona audit, because when you look at these ballots, these are real ballots and everything looks legitimate. It's just that the people that uh, you won't know until you knock on their door that they never asked for the ballot and they didn't even know they voted. Well, well, so, so let's go through this. Why don't you tell everyone who you are first? And then I want to just jump right into it. And I want to just get to the details. I want to get to the meat of this. Sure. My name is Chris Jersky. I, I started out, I help investors basically scale companies. So I have to do a lot with data cleansing because I usually get companies that are typically those mom and pops that want to go corporate and they're at that edge where you have to basically standardize things. So I have 25 years of experience basically cleaning data and primarily working with addresses. You got to have good addresses for your customer lists. So when this was all happening, I, another caveat to this is I was, I'm forced first American or I'm sorry, first generation of, uh, of a Polish, two Polish parents. Uh, so I know communism very well. My parents grew up under communism and basically I had a chance to visit Poland in 1987. And then as fate would have it, I married a Venezuelan wife. So as soon as I saw the wall collapse in Poland, I basically watched my wife's country get dismantled over the course after we got married i actually learned spanish watching venezuelan tv and listening to their news trying to decipher what was going on there because every time i would translate it i'm like you you know how this ends right this is essentially this is heading towards cuba but specifically it was the voting machines there when i saw the election in venezuela i dived into it and i reached out to some people online uh, some pioneers like benny smith and things like that were on the only people really talking about machine fraud at the time back then. Well, so, so let's, I mean, it, it seems to be a resounding, the same thing keeps coming up over and over and over again. And that is machines, mail-in ballots. Mail-in ballots are a this big problem even, in some of these countries as well. This is even scarier because um, when I, when, I mean, I work with Draza Smith and a lot of the people in Lindell and I, I basically just said, look, you guys are absolutely like Je Jeff, Jeff from uh, Jeff O'Donnell from Jeff O'Donnell. Raccoon. He's an absolute genius. And I have a wide ranging skills in computer, but I am never going to question him. I probably won't even be able to keep up with him because he's so far much ahead. So when I saw that they were working on the machines and they had, I basically said, there's a lot of people on the machines. Let me go over here to the voter rolls and I'll just basically look at voter rolls. But one thing that just jumped out at us immediately when we were looking at the 2020 was there's definitely a problem with mail-in ballots. And one of the biggest things was, is that when we were looking at the addresses, a large fraction of the mail-in ballots had undeliverable addresses. It just didn't make any sense. It's like, how are they getting these ballots to these people? They were completely either fraudulent addresses or they were missing apartments. They just had so many problems with the addresses. It just didn't make any sense. So, so what did you find? Well, the startling thing was, is that we have a lot of stuff that we're watching the monthly updates on the voter rolls and we were watching them. We call it versioning that every month they would come out with a new one. And we went back in time, actually, by the time we had them all loaded up and we were just basically trying to step through and see what happened prior to 2020 and sometime around the middle of September, we saw hundreds of thousands of addresses all over Florida flip for some strange reason. And when I say flip, they were a combination of various things. They're, the ones that were the most obvious were they changed a complete address to a, a completely different fake address. And it was like you would look at the street or and it was just basically it didn't exist. 
The second one was a very subtle change where it was like they would break something in the address. They would either break the zip code or the apartment number. One of the most subtle ones was is that we were looking at it and it said apartment 18. And you would think that that's a perfect address. But when you check with the post office, it's undeliverable. But the strangest thing happened was is in the official report for the 2020, all these were all these addresses flipped back to what they were previously for two months. And now you're looking at the correct address. So that apartment 18, it turned to 7-18, which was the real address. When you look that up, that person actually owned that apartment. Whoa. So the, this happened hundreds of thousands of times? Oh, yeah. All over Florida. It was so, crazy because this was something I was talking to Dr. Frank about because in Dr. Frank's analysis, he talks about this carpet of voters that were basically matching census data. And it was bothering us because it was a combination of multiple things. You had Dr. Frank talking about that from his analysis of how everything spread out across the counties. Seth Keschel covered it too. But our biggest thing was, is our canvassers. Our canvassers wouldn't let it go. One of the biggest things that we kept on running into over and over again was canvassers knocking on a door and it was either two things. It was either the person moved away five years ago and here they are voting or the person says that they voted by mail and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never asked for a ballot. But both cases, they're, they're, they're incredulous because they, they've sat there looking straight at us and saying there is no way that could have happened because I never saw a mail-in ballot come to my house. So that was the most troubling thing. And it, what it was for me was it was kind of I came at this as a business thing, thinking it's an 80-20 rule. And I was looking for these whales of, 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 of mail-in ballots. But the, the canvassers just wouldn't let it go. They're like, you got to look at this. The huge volume of these are one or two ballots in each household. So we actually built a system that built, put every voter in their house in Florida, literally collapsing all of the voters into even apartment buildings, nursing homes, everything. And we counted every single ballot in, in, in those locations. And sure enough, there was a huge long trail of about a million to three million ballots because it's, it's really hard to tell who in there is real uh, that were one or two mail or mail ballots per location. So, so you have hundreds of thousands of ballots. I mean, I know you have some stuff that you want to show us, right? You have some stuff you want to show mm -hmm. us? Okay, yep. so, so, so let's dive in. For everyone listening, what, I haven't really grasped whether or not this would be a USPS issue. Like, are they collecting those ballots, signing off on them, then just funneling them in using mules? We do know that you had the woman that was that that basically flipped on the Democrat Party and talked about yeah. a massive voter muling votes. Yeah. They, they talked about it. Now, in order well, for all, two, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, there's two kinds. I call it. Um, when you're talking about like basically everybody's seen the movie 2000 mules uh pray for pray for catherine and greg right now because they're in no. a precarious situation right now on this day <clears throat> but the the big thing there is is that i call those local targets of opportunity these are nursing homes these are inner city communities but we 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 mapped all those out and the volume of those ballots were even as crazy as it sounds it was about a quarter of a million when you group them all together what was the, the second part of this deal is what we call systematic targets of opportunity. Those are the ones that are in the millions because then they're literally carpeted 
all through Florida. So these are the ones that really bugged us because those local targets of opportunity, they're explainable. You have somebody working in a nursing home, somebody that may work at a, 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 a basically some of these things with RV parks or forwarding services. You typically have one person that probably lives at that location or works at that location that has the opportunity to get those ballots collected and probably with a team of five or six people, they can fill out the ballots and then track them all in like a spreadsheet, for example. But when you're talking about what we found, you have to start thinking big. Like, again, my background in being in business, and I did a little bit with mass mail, you, you have to start thinking, okay, where are you storing a million ballots? You're not putting this in backpacks. You're not, who's signing a million ballots? Right. I mean, now you're starting to talk about like box trucks having to deliver all of this. And then the other thing is, is that you're talking about maybe a 30 day window when we started looking at the time frame that this was all happening in, when we started to get finally results to the, or, or access to the reports, somebody to be able to pull something like this off with the sheer volume, you're talking about a, an operation, a real operation that's gonna cost a lot of money. And now it's like, do you, do you decentralize that? Do you spread that across the state and spend lots of money for warehouses and printing equipment and all the places all over the state? Stuff just didn't add up. So we, we started to suspect really the printers because one of the things that really jumped out at us was Pinellas County. In 2020, by far, Pinellas County is Clearwater Beach. It's a tiny little pen peninsula outside yeah. of Tampa Beach or Tampa Bay. And uh, the thing that when you look at it and you plot all of the ballots, there was like little, uh, or what is it, apartment buildings, 200 ballots, 300 ballots, 400 ballots, and 90% of the people in the building voting by mail. And it's like, okay, they had the most mailman ballot per square mile anywhere in Florida. And we were like, what's going on here? Something's wrong. When we looked into Pinellas County and we asked who the printer is, lo and behold, Runbeck. Runbeck was I didn't even have ballots. to do it. I mean, I, but I watched your other yeah. show, but yeah, Runbeck. Yeah. So we thought, wow, we got him. Runbeck is basically notorious in, in Arizona. C and, CIA, and by the way, CIA um, mm -hmm. connections. Right. Did Connections okay. to to all to uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Canada to the oh, yeah. okay. Tides Foundation, which is George Soros's deal. Ties to Dominion works closely with them. If you do Dominion contracts, you're going to get a run back contract. Right. They, I mean, it's 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 really, really. really I didn't even know, run back. You, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But These unfortunately, are all the that was when we we thought we had them. We started going in the Runback and starting to see if we could find all their contracts in Florida. It turned out that Runback was really only doing Pinellas and Hillsborough, which is Clearwater and Tampa, that local area that's over there on the west coast of Florida. And we were like, okay, well, who else is printing in Florida? And that's what stumbled into the next find. I mean, it, this rabbit hole just keeps on going and going. But the first discovery was a company that no one knew of. It was called Fiddler Elections. It's located here in or or what's name? Orange County, or Orlando. And Fiddler Elections is actually a very old company. They've been in business for over 100 years. They, they, sh they bragged that they were doing ballots since the 1800s. So we, we just didn't understand how is it that it all was centralized to them, but I guess it grew because based back in the day, they were printing just in-person ballots. So that wasn't as bad, but when they started getting into mail-in ballots, that's where it really gets scary. 
because in 2017, like literally after Trump gets basically inaugurated, this old country, this old company that it literally built uh, prints ballots for two thirds of the state, 42 out of 67 counties. And you can imagine they're the biggest ones basically have their ballots printed with Fiddler elections. Somehow this company was allowed to be sold to a New York firm called Cathedral Printing. Okay. And that's based in Rome, Rome, New York. If you want to go down the Da Vinci Code rabbit hole with that one, I'll leave that for another discussion. But we, we were like just shocked at like, how is it that this company that's so critical to Florida's infrastructure security, they were allowed to farm this out to a New York firm. And it just, it didn't make any sense. I thought that that would raise alarms, especially with DeSantis being governor at the time. I, I think this was right on the cusp of him basically going into his election, but it was definitely right for uh, Trump's, right after Trump's inauguration in 2017, this sale was allowed to go through. Okay, so let, let me let me just ask the question. The New York firm is called what? Cathedral Printing. Okay. And so we look- looked into the CEO of that company, and here she is uh, basically on uh, the FEC website as donating to Act Blue on a monthly basis, as well as another company called, or another pack called Democratic Action. Uh, that's a, that pack is specifically designed to get huh. gov- Democratic governors in every state. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So the CEO of Cathedral, which is now Cathedral Corporation, right? In a cathedral corporation? Cathedral printing. Cathedral printing. Okay. So she gives to... She gives to... Yeah. Corporations. She gives to... Demo, yeah, she gives to Act Blue on a monthly basis, which is the Democratic... What's the name? Democratic uh, General Fund. And also, that what's the name? Democratic Action Pack, which is... When we looked into it, that's that's a an old pack, but it's specifically there to get uh, Democratic governors elected throughout the United States. And I okay. thought that was kind of strange that like, okay, now we've just sold our largest printer to a company in New York, which is obviously a blue state. And then we have a, uh, the person running the company has basically monthly political donations to democratic funds. And I was like, there, you don't see a conflict of interest with this. Who, who authorized something like this to happen? It was just mind boggling. Okay. So make sure you write this down. Apollo, so we can actually send it to some researchers to get on this as well. So what you're saying is that Runbeck, who gives all of their money to Act Blue and Democrat PACs, now you have this mm-hmm. other person that gives to Act Blue and the Democrat PAC that is responsible for getting Democrats elected as governors, correct? Yep. And they just happen to buy out the company that has that happens to oh, that, that does all the printing for Florida. For the election, yeah, nearly two thirds of the state, but you can imagine the most populous areas. And nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, but it gets better because one of the employees, one of the chief employees, stayed with the company. Um, her name was Stacy Rodriguez. Actually, if you don't mind, I can share some share this. Let's start sharing it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. This is actually better. Let me just switch this picture real quick. Here's Stacy Rodriguez getting her certification with the Florida Supervisor of Elections. If you'll notice, that's the same woman that's standing next to Mark Earley. Mark Earley is the president 
of, of uh, Florida's supervisor of elections, and that's his wife, Stacy Early. But for some strange reason, while she works at the company Fiddler Election, she goes by Stacy Rodriguez. Are okay. you able to see that picture? Yeah, I see it. I'm just trying to figure out why she would change her name. Yeah, that's essentially what we want to know. And I, I think that's a huge conflict of interest because he's the current president of Florida's supervisor of elections. He's basically sitting there. This company was just bought out under his watch while he was a supervisor of election. I don't know if he was actually president at the same time, but I know he was a supervisor of election during this time frame. And then basically uh, his wife continues to work there and she essentially is the leader, I'm assuming, because per her certification, she has access to just about everything as far as the Florida voter rolls, ballots. With this master certification, when I used to do state uh, development work, Usually that means that you have like the keys of the kingdom because that you go through a special class and background checks to be certified. And then once you achieve that, you're able to basically get wide access to third party data as well as state databases. Okay. I, I'm still like trying to figure out who approved this. Like they didn't know that, like when I was in the military, I remember them telling me flat out that I would never get top secret clearance because I had family in Poland. And it's like, okay, you're, let me get this straight. You approved the sale of one of the largest ballot printers in the state of Florida. And the, the person that's going to be running our ballots private in a privately owned company is married to the, the person that's in charge of all the supervisor of elections. And that's not a conflict of interest. It just, it's mind boggling. How is it even possible this could happen? I, I would love to know. I mean, that's what we've been asking for officials. And just, I'll, I'll go back in time here a little bit. Here's the current CEO of Marion Gage of Cathedral. Here's her, basically her donation schedules as she's giving out to Act Blue and Democratic Action. It's probably small on the screen, but she also gives that under Excelsius Blue Cross Blue Shield because she's a director there as well. So she's giving double the monthly donations working inside these two organizations back and forth. And again, she's running Cathedral Printing which basically is a New York firm managing our ballots in Florida. So you have a New York firm. Remember that we had ballots that were driven down from New York to Pennsylvania. Remember that in the 2020 yeah, election? That. There was also like one, one ballot company that got like literally burned to ashes in New York as well. So, so we have sponsors that have been with us for a long time. This one has definitely been here a long time. This is Air Medcare Network. Today's podcast, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. If you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, if you travel a lot, if you even drive a lot, even if you don't drive a lot, this is good fire insurance. If you like to hike or spend time outdoors, you want to make sure your family's protected in a medical emergency if you ever need to be air medically transported with air med care network you're covered for as little as 85 dollars a year your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported uh, simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com daily and use promo code daily and you'll receive up to a 50 dollars visa gift card when you sign up today now they also have an amazon card but we don't do business with amazon here on this show so please do not sign up for this and get the 50 dollars amazon gift card uh, because that is feeding the beast and we don't feed the beast so get that $50 um, gift card and sign up. You can go up to, I think the five-year membership is like 300 bucks or something. But uh, so it's even less. So it's $85 a year for your whole family. And then as you go up, it, it, it actually reduces. 
So airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Okay, so this is a lot to this is a lot to digest. Let, let's go. Yeah. I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let you drive. But I did want to tell you that we have a surprise guest that just popped on to say hello to you. Um, let's okay. see if we can unshare your screen for a minute and uh, sure. bring on Jeff. Jeff, say hi. Hello there, Jeff. everyone. Okay. okay. Great. Yeah, it's great talking to you. You do yeah. good work. Thank you so much. Jeff was one of the first people I shared some of these findings with because he's right next door over here. Well, I, I just well, said while we were sitting here talking, I go, uh, Apollo, get Jeff on the on the line. Let's get him in here so that everybody can see him. Well, I appreciate being seen, Joe. Thank you very much. Chris, what do you uh, or, uh, Jeff, what do you think of the work that Chris has been doing? I want to I mean, obviously, you're you you, you are an expert. But this is the work on the on the ballot side and the address side and the, I mean, this is uncovering the just the meat of the bone. I've I've been following uh, Chris's work, and uh, he's you know I've had the, the the joy of actually talking with him and having him go over some stuff with me. It's solid stuff. I mean, this is my state too, uh, Florida, and uh, it's it. it the, I, I love I love the stuff that Chris is finding because it's it's you can't have an opinion about it. not if you're not if you're a, a sane rational rational person it just is it, it is it is evidence of, uh, of evidence of, of deliberate wrongdoing evidence of, of unconscionable uh, conflict of interest among people uh, it, it's 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 just rock solid and I wish more people. Uh, knew about it. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've tried to get his information out. A lot of other people did too. Uh, there's this pervasive, oh, Florida is perfect in its elections. I know other people in other states are going to be like smacking their heads right now, like they hear the same thing all the time. But, you know, Florida, you know, oh, it went for Trump. Florida was fine. Florida has no problems. Well, let me tell you what, if we're not careful, Florida is set up to be the next. So, we, and, and uh, we were talking about this like three months ago. And I was like, look, the yeah. data shows. That they're setting up to steal elections in Florida in 2022. They're not right. waiting until 2024. They're going to go for the whole enchilada, and we, we we need to not be shocked because of it. We need to be decisive right. and act as a result of it. Absolutely. But but every every piece of information that comes out, Joe, is is you know they know now that we know, and uh, it makes it that much harder for them to be able to pull it off. You know how many months did it take us after the 20, 2020 election? To figure this whole thing out, because we were taught, we were caught with our pants down in 2020. Let's just admit it. Uh, our pants are fully pulled up this time, and uh, we are we are watching every single thing they are doing to a degree that has never happened before. So, Chris, have you gotten this in front of uh, Governor DeSantis? Yeah, this has all been basically bubbling up. The printer stuff probably hasn't reached him yet. We're about to put a press conference together. That literally came together this weekend for this, uh, because I, I found this information, but again, I shared it with our local groups because we were vetting it, constantly making sure that this was absolute and this is real because it just didn't make any sense to us. Like, why would this person work there under a different name? And it wasn't until we found like the LinkedIn, we went into Cathedral's LinkedIn articles and lo and behold, she's there in a picture, and her name is Stacy Rodriguez in the link, LinkedIn article. But when you click on it, it takes you to Stacy Early's LinkedIn page. 
and she's liking the article and then, okay, Stacey Yearly, that's Mark Yearly's wife. Yeah. Might, might have, I don't think I, I was late on here, but I don't think if you've covered it, you can stop me. But uh, by the what I've done, Stacy Early uh, actually owns a company called Stellar Printing. Uh, yes, she doesn't. She owns it as a and interestingly enough, Stellar Printing is on the list of vendors for the Leon County uh, where they are. And as far as Mark goes, uh, uh, if, if I may, uh, you know we, we've been we've been doing Freedom of Information Act about communications, about cast vote records that have been going on. And uh, in, in one that we have from, from Mark Early, and this is evidently sent out to other clerks, uh, uh, I, I, I love the fact, I, I, will, uh, I will quote him, I know some of you are experiencing difficulties with the crazies out there. That's from Mark Early. We are, we are the, uh, the, the crazies. Uh, according to Mark Early, and uh, so I find it interesting that 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 he and his wife then just enter, keep entering back into the equation, uh, as you as you've just heard. Okay, so I want to I want to put something up if I can. This is an open database of the world corporate world. This is Open Corporates, and I want to pay attention to this. This was incorporated in two thousand nine. This is Stellar Printing, uh, just to kind of uh, give you a a, a boost. Uh, Chris, on what you're talking about here, you'll notice on the latest events on the right-hand side, it shows a removal of Officer Stacy D. Rodriguez, um, President, removal of Officer Stacy D. Rodriguez, Agent, addition of Officer Stacy D. Uh, Early, Agent, and that if you look at the time frames with all of this, um, it, it gets pretty suspect. Now you got to go into other things, but this again just shows the. You know, the officers and directors, the agent and the president are, are Stacy D. Early, who is Stacy D. Rodriguez, correct? Yeah, we believe that that was her divorce name, but it was very strange with the timing because she achieved that certification in 2018, right after the company was sold, and she was married to Mark Early at that time. So I don't know if there was something going on as far as her doing this purposely or there was a lag because her name was in the different companies i'm not sure but the clear thing is is that that conflict of or conflict of interest should have been brought up and there should have been people being refused or not involved with contracts especially when we moved in covid to mail-in ballots because you can imagine fiddler both got sold so uh, essentially there was a huge probably gain from that as well as there was a huge increase in printing that went from the 2020 election into now and we're like literally looking at the same numbers of mail-in ballots from the 2020 election and it doesn't make any sense there should be a fraction of that now that people are done with covid and and it's a midterm why would we have the same number of ballots being printed as 2020. yeah so by, by the way there's a there's a stellar printing out of uh new york that is connected to cathedral printing um I don't know if you saw that as well. I just figured I'd do I'm a little bit. I'm glad Jeff brought that up because we really didn't follow the stellar printing. I mean, when I started going down the, the little trail that I saw with Cathedral, uh, it's, it's like I said, it's like almost like you can go down the Da Vinci Code route because they have a lot of connections to Catholic diocese and things like that. So it's, it's mind-numbing the way it's going. It's just that uh, I had to step back for a moment and then we started diving into the data. I, I knew to cover just a little bit of the address flipping too, because basically that's another key part of this. 
is unbelievable. Jeff, I just want to bring you in just as a, a guest for a minute. But uh, I do appreciate you coming in. I'm going to continue down the rabbit hole with Chris to go through this stuff. But I figure it would be nice to have everyone. Everybody's like, Jeff, raccoon, Jeff. <laughs> it's always well, good to see you. I appreciate it. All right. God bless yep. you, brother. And, uh, God bless. Thanks, Take care. Take care. Always good to give a, a special uh, shout out to Jeff. You said his name, and I was like, oh, ah, Jeff. Amazing. I don't know what yeah. we would do without them and Draza. Him and Draza are just yeah. absolutely a godsend. And look, Dr. Frank's doing his own work. You, have, you got Clements doing yeah. his work. You got Aaron Clements doing doing her work. You've got Everybody. Mike Lindell. Yeah. I was just with Mike last week for three days. So the work yep. that he's doing on his side, it's a relentless, on our side, it's a relentless pursuit of truth. Yeah, it's it's an absolute honor to be able to stand here side by side with them on the stage sometimes. It's just humbling. It's really humbling. So let's dive more into this. I want to dive more into it. Yeah. Um, let's go back to that 2020 address flipping thing because we we were – we saw an event happen in uh, June in Florida where we had all of our redistricting done. So there was, I, I had, I, at the, it was like a roller coaster ride for me because at the moment I was actually really mad that they waited to June because I felt like they were doing this on purpose because it would have been a perfect opportunity to clean the voter rolls in Florida. And there was so much outcry for, for election integrity for, for Florida to clean its voter rolls. I don't know why they waited all the way to June for this redistricting thing. So they started mailing all of the new voter information cards with the, the new districts and your new precincts and things like that sometime at the end of June through the middle of July. And what started happening was is all of our supervisor of elections started going on the nightly news saying, hey, please update your address. And our local supervisor of election, uh, Lake County, Alan Hayes, He's standing in front of a baker's rack full of voter information cards. And we're like, oh, my God, like there's got to be at least uh, at least 10, 15,000 cards there on, the, on just behind him. And we're like, is he going to at least document this before the primary? Is he going to at least consider all of these undeliverable cards? So that's really what sparked what what happened during the primary phase. In the primary, we, we start calling local candidates and we were saying, hey, are you having problems delivering your campaign material? And everybody was just sending us pictures of just boxes of, uh, of letters with yellow stickers on them, return to senders. And we, we were like, okay, can you get us that list of those things? But even better, we, we again, we're all learning. So when we started getting to the candidates, the candidates were like, oh yeah, here's the list that we use mail people this is essentially the list of people that have requested a mail-in ballot we didn't even know that that existed because it's not public information it's a specific report that only candidates and political parties get a lot of people call it chase the ballot i don't know uh basically that's like the, it's known like that inside some of the in some of the political parties or something like that but it, the more more most important thing for us was, OK, I just want a, a list of those addresses. I could care less what the voters name were. I really didn't even care what their political parties were. I just wanted to check the addresses. And we started analyzing those back in. Uh, this is probably now coming up in the middle of August, as far as the timeline goes. And we found all the things that we were expecting, the same things that happened in 2020. Apartment not given was one of the worst ones in, in Orlando or Orange County. Like, how are you getting a ballot from a place that says apartment not given? And these people were voting. 
there was like seven, 8,000 of these ballots that came back from these obviously fictitious addresses. And, but the worst one was uh, a, an error that came back from the post office said air address not found. Now, how is it that after we sent out the voter information cards, the sample ballots, and now the ballot, why on earth would the post office say that this address doesn't exist? They would, there's, a, there's a clear code that comes from the post office that said, we've already attempted to deliver something to this address and it's, it's undeliverable. This was something that came back from the post office said, I've never heard of this address before. And one one came that out of this whole pile of errors, just it literally was a God thing. I reached down, it jumped out at me, Red Belly Road. So Red Belly Road, it only jumped out at because I never heard of it. I'm from this area, Claremont, Florida, and I wanted to know what it was. It didn't come up in any tax records, didn't come up in Zillow, didn't come up in any Google searches. There was a Red Belly Road Sorrento, but there was no Red Belly Road Claremont. And uh, wanted to understand what was happening there. So we went into the voter rolls and here it is, 37 people are listed for red, living on Red Belly Road. And it's like, okay, did they just make all these people up? Is this, this is a purely fictitious road. Where, what's going on here? Luckily we had the 2020 data on hand. So we just grabbed all those voter IDs and put them into 2020. And now you have 12th street of Claremont. When we checked the people on that street, they actually existed. That's those were the real addresses. So you have to think about the time frame here. They requested ballots to be mailed out during the primaries at the end of June. There was a huge number of mail-in ballots, probably 95% of the ballots were sent out at the end of June. This address was flipped prior to that. So this, this, this address was flipped sometime at either end of May or beginning of June to Red Belly Road to a fictitious address. Later, we found out five ballots were requested to now this fake address. And again, this is just one fake address out of a list of probably what later, I think it was like 7,000 we found at the end of the election. And essentially now, right at the end of the election, right when the official results came out, they switched the address back to 12th Street. So now think about all those people that show up at the, at the election booth. Well, why would they like, do oh, that? Why, why would they do that? Why would they do that? What, what would, what would that, trigger that to harvest. happen? That's the ballot harvesting operation. That's essentially how they get the ballots. So the, those ballots would have to go through the post office, meaning somebody at the post office was collecting those and giving them to somebody else. It's a, it's a combination of things. I think there's a certain number of them that do go to the post office and they get collected. But when you go back to what we were talking about, the scale of the operation, uh, the other thing is, is who's changing the addresses? Somebody's coming into what's called VR systems, the software that runs Florida. It's like it's near monopoly. It runs practically all the voter records in Florida. Who's changing all of those addresses and flipping them one month in advance? Because they're not showing up at, in the audits. And the supervisor of elections are going in and changing hundreds of thousands of addresses two months before an election, it just, it didn't, none of it made sense. None of it made sense. But the only thing was, is it was like, again, it was a, it was an absolute miracle that we focused in on this address because right, this, this discovery literally happened on the, the day of the primary back in the end of August. Let me turn on my screen here because we went out to canvas the street and sure enough, nobody on that street uh, knew what we were talking about. Definitely none of them asked for a ballot. 
But the, one of the last people on the street, they said, oh yeah, we got our voter ID card. And we said, can you go get it? And they went back in and they pulled it out and they were shocked because they didn't read it. They just put it in their wallet and lo and behold, it has Red Belly Road printed on it. So they were the only ones that got a, an information card on the street. We're all in shock taking the picture. And again, another synergy God thing. The mail person walks up, the mailman walks up and then he's like, yeah, that was the strangest thing. The only thing we ever saw was political mail uh, come in for Red Belly Road. And the only reason he delivered these particular voter information cards is because he was friends with the, this couple and knew them for 20 years because they lived on the street so long. And but the big thing here about this is the key in on this date. This card was printed and delivered on July 14th. This was after they said that the ballot was delivered to this to this road. These right. ballots were were requested at the end of June. They showed as being delivered in the first week of July. So during this whole phase, they were Red Belly Road during the election. And then on the official results, they switched back to 12th Street. And then basically, I'll, I'll, if we have some more time, I can tell you what happened there afterwards. Yeah, we have plenty of time. Keep going. Yeah, don't. So um, basically, this started a firestorm because, I mean, at the when we first saw it, we thought we were being hacked. Um, so we went to our local law enforcement, our local sheriff, and did I toggle that screen correctly? This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms and competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. Sure. So we went to our local sheriff and we filled out a police report and we we're trying to send the alarms. We, 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 lo we filed something with the local sheriff. We put in a formal election complaint. We went to FDLE. We went to everything that we knew who to reach out to to try and warn them because we thought that like we're seeing I, at the time I ran a quick report. There was like 7000 addresses that flipped during this time frame between the beginning of the election and the end of the election. And uh, local law enforcement basically said, well, why don't you bring this up with the supervisor of election? But we were like, 
at the same exact time, I also was doing an Epoch Times article. And Epoch Times article, the, the reporter actually called Alan Hayes to ask him about this. And, and Alan Hayes said, well, oh, that was me. I, I, I did the 911 data and we changed those addresses along with redistricting. And it, it just didn't make any sense because first of all, why would you change addresses during redistricting? You're just changing their precinct and, and you're moving them over. They were, they were not in a boundary area. So you're literally just updating their precinct. So that didn't make any sense. But the other thing was, is the reporter called the 911 coordinator in Lake County. And they were like, we've, we've never heard of Red Belly Road. There's, there's never been a Red Belly Road in anywhere in Claremont. So essentially our supervisor of election kind of fell on the sword and the sheriff took their word for it while they're sitting in front of a 911 terminal that they could have checked themselves and essentially closed the case said that we're referring this to Tallahassee, but as far as we're concerned, nothing happened here. And the weirdest conversation happened with the sheriff because I was like, he's like, well, I still don't understand why you brought this to us. And I was like, why, 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 this is identity theft and mail fraud. And he's like, whoa, 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 who said anything about that? And I was like, well, let me, let me explain this to you. If I was to steal your identity and send in a mail-in ballot as you, wouldn't I be doing mail? Wouldn't I be stealing your identity and doing mail fraud? And that was that was the end of the phone call. He just basically just said, uh, "We'll we'll look into this." But as far as we know, the case was closed and, and deferred to Maria Matthews up in Tallahassee. So I mean, when you put all this stuff together, because again, this was a single vetted example of this this happening, and just by the grace of God, it got captured during this phase of printing or printing information cards in Florida. So we have just in Lake County, there was 22,000 that we had to go out and get scans and we're still analyzing all that. But you can just imagine the volume of this. And these, these people, it almost seems like they're pre-planning and looking for particular precincts that they need to take over and where there's probably people that don't vote in, in large percentages and they might be ripe for harvesting. But it's such a sneaky plan because you're stealing people's identity. There's they, they have no idea that they're voting. And more importantly, the, 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 the ballots are showing up at the supervisor of election, completely authentic ballot with basically a, a valid ballot request. So to anybody that's working in the elections, they would never know that this was happening. They would look at everything they're supposed to do procedurally and think everything looks legit. The last thing that's the cherry on the top of all this that links it back to the printers is it just was a discovery on, on uh, Saturday. We were working with Cleta Mitchell's group uh, and they were actually checking signatures inside Orange County. And lo and behold, she found, she, she just asked because something didn't seem right. So she said, can I see more signatures here? she pulls up like a list of the history of the signatures and the first registration that was she was looking at on the screen is a 100 percent match to what's in front of her on the ballot so now what's the chances that you signed your ballot exactly the way you signed your first registration back four years ago <laughs> and she wanted to go see these ballots now they were basically being shown on friday so she went out to physically inspect the ballot. She brought a magnifying glass with me and she sits on stage with us on Saturday and she's just in shock because she, 
she looked at the ballot and sure enough, it's a printed signature. You can see little dots in the signature. It's a purely printed ballot or printed, printed signature. And I would assume that this was our suspicion. If they're doing that at this kind of volume, they have to have some kind of mechanical process where they're churning out this many printed ballots. Filling in the ovals, we all know is easy. The signatures is what was always bothering us. So we, we knew that filling in the ballot ovals was inside the system for Dominion Voting Systems and ESNS, that it can actually fill it in as if it looks like a human hand. But now you're yep. telling me that the signatures that are on the envelopes are actually printed by the machines as well? That looks like that way. Well, printed by the machines, we're probably thinking like the printers. Because I worked in, I had two things that led me to this because I used to do training certificates. So I had a piece of software that I developed where the instructors basically signed a wet signature. We scanned it right. and had a PNG file and we pressed them into their certificate in mass. And this was like a welcome, like they loved it because they were signing all these certificates by hand. And there was like almost 300,000 of them a year of training. So they love this option. So I knew it was possible. And I watched this over time, this technology develop. And I knew that by the time, like the last time I checked in on a printer was probably 2016, 2017. And I remember walking in and looking at something and they're like, is that handwritten or, or done, by, done by a printer? And I was like, that's handwritten. And they, I was like, they're like, no, they threw it to a pile and they show you it's completely digitized. Like they're mass producing uh, like signatures that look absolutely like you did it in a pen. But this was for like a, a marketing piece that they were doing. So the right. technology is there. Like it's just a matter of they, them moving over. But if you think about a printer, it already does ballot stuffing. It does the ballot print. It does the folding. Yeah. The only thing they would have to add is an additional line that would take care of filling in the ovals and then the signature on the envelope and put it all together. The thing about that, that whole connection to um, Fiddler was Fiddler delivers a 26-foot box truck to the post office completely unsupervised. Like, there's nobody from the supervisor of elections there at the location. They just deliver a 26-foot box truck with a bunch of bins. And the, the bins basically say they're ballots and they're supposedly secured with zip ties. Wow. Nobody's supervising them. And then they just clip the zip ties and spill them in the general delivery and now whatever 100,000 pieces of envelopes gets get mixed in with all the rest of the mail at Orlando by the post or by the airport over there the general uh, general processing and literally all these mails all the ballots are going out to their individual counties all over the state so what if the printer just was doing the signatures at the printer location themselves Stuffing the ballots and having the ballots go Absolutely. to a place where I it can't mean, be delivered, very suspicious. and then the it's ballots are done. And yeah, we've never gotten I mean. access to the ballots. We've never been had access to the paper or the ballots in any that's state, why. other than other than Arizona. And in Arizona, they were told that even if you had even if you had a piece of paper, even if this was a ballot, right? Even if this was a ballot, that we could not take the equivalent of. The tip, that little piece right there, we couldn't take that off to test it to make sure it was a proper paper. And we weren't allowed to actually do microscopic looks at the ballots. So what, why? But that's the whole thing. We're talking about a real ballot. If it's coming from the same printer that's doing the rest of the batch, 
it would be right. completely indiscriminate. Like it's the same exact ballot. It's a real authentic ballot. It yeah. looks like it was coming down through. And this was the other thing that keep me in too, because while I was back working in marketing, it dawned on me because when I was dealing with all these undeliverable addresses and things like that, I was like, the printer has software to check this. And I'm like, whoa, yes. the printer has software to check this. So like literally they could see the, the, the request come in and they would know that the person moved away with a quick NCO check and they, they would know that the, the address is undeliverable. So they could simply sidetrack those, the, that particular batch of ballots and simply fill them out and send them in as completed ballots. So th this is so ingenious because it's, there's not a, like, it's, it's not a database that they're trying to send to each other and say, hey, steal these ballots. This looks completely legit. Somebody's putting in a ballot request for, for addresses that they know are bad or for people that have moved away. The printer has a piece of software that it has to run anyway because it has to run this software to put the, what's called the plus four zip code to make sure right. the ballot is pr correctly addressed. So while it's running this software, it already knows the moment a moment later who's harvestable. By, by law, they're supposed to send them out and, and send them to everybody. But basically we, we know that there, there should be a whole lot more coming back undeliverable than there is. I think that was the biggest issue with Runback is there was just a small amount of ballots that were actually coming back as undeliverable. And that was very suspicious there in Arizona. And we were, they were all asking like, where did those ballots go? But our first instinct were that someone stole them from the post office. No one really suspected the printers being involved with this. And again, I, well, I, we I did. don't know. The only way we do know is if someone goes and look from law enforcement to go look at these printers. But I think there's enough suspicion there to go do that now. Yeah, so we there's enough suspicion, but the problem with the the radical left is that they've built this whole nothing to see here, disinformation, misinformation, you know, baseless claims, baseless claims, misinformation, disinformation, and they've adopted it to the establishment on both the radical left and the right. So we, you know, yeah. as I, I see you're wearing the Florida Republican Assembly and you're the voter integrity director, well, come on, come on, you know that the 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 GOP is. There's something amiss. Why do you think I came over to these guys? Right. <laughs> I mean, our, I tried to work within our traditional RECs. Uh, we, we, you should have seen that there, there's probably shows I could do just, just talk about the pushback we had from the typical Republican Party. I mean, we were preached to and told that it's just stupid to think that our machines were connected to the internet and we have paper ballots and blah, 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 blah. I mean, we had to hear that for four to five months before they finally admitted, oh, okay, they are connected to the internet. But I mean, the, I, I joined the Republican uh, Assembly because there's a guy specifically, Lou Marin out of Orange County. He's essentially a grassroots America first. He's equally working with Democrats. That, that Cynthia Harris, the person that came in yeah. this weekend, is good friends with him. And he actually brought her in on that invite to basically to that event. So we're working together. And I mean, our, like my hero is Benny Smith. He's a Democrat out of, out of, uh, out of uh, Tennessee. I mean, these people, I, it, to me, everybody is 100% agreement. We just want fair and clean elections. That's it. I can, I can readily go back to 1970s and 80s and deal with a, a blue dog Democrat. And I would actually like to have some, some friction and some, some competition. I don't want one party all in 
in, in charge. So, so what like if we they, created uh, a new party called the Free and Fair Election Party or the All American <laughs> Party? I'm serious. It's, it's already moving in that direction. It was actually wonderful to sit there uh, at that event on Saturday because half the people there were Democrats. And essentially, like I said, the people that are working now on the Republican side, everybody that I talk to is equally passionate about working together to get this done. We're sharing data back and forth with one another. During the primary phase, I actually did see more mail-in ballot shenanigans on the Democratic side, but we are trying to share that information and build systems to basically uh, help everybody out. Okay, so how do we work the problem? Let's work the problem and come up with a solution here. So we we know where the we, we know where the bodies are buried. We know that it's run back involved. You know the same typical players are involved in this. The same players are involved. I'm getting the feedback, Apollo. So we know that those things are true. What do we go? What do we do from here? How do we, how do we get DeSantis to to open the investigation? I mean, Cynthia Harris literally blew it open. And what's happened with that? Nothing yet. Well, nothing yet. It took it took some time too. I was there on the ground when that exactly happened. I remember getting the phone calls of the meltdowns that were happening because we were watching the primaries and we were passing over information because there was a number of things that happened. They took they took the address flipping stuff that I was talking earlier. They took twenty five people from the Democratic side and stuck them in to a rehab facility on the official report. And they took these people from various areas. I guarantee that they didn't vote uh, or they didn't know they were voting, I would say. So um, the, the biggest thing is, is I, I've just turned my attention to, I keep on saying this over and over again, I will feel much more comfortable with educated Americans than I will educated politicians because it's pretty yes. clear that they don't have any, they, they don't have any, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? They don't have any, interest in basically fixing this problem at all. Uh, th there was a horrible story with Peter Antonecci. Um, this whole finding that we had with Red Belly Road, uh, we were actually talking to him because we, we were calling him that that same week that unfortunate those unfortunate events. And we were telling him what was happening and all the pushback that we were getting from our local supervisor of election. And he completely agreed with us. He specifically stated that that stuff happened all the time in Broward County. And he said, quote, if you have an, an undeliverable uh, pieces of mail, that voter should be presumptively ineligible from voting by mail until the address is corrected. And I mean, it's just common sense. How are you supposed to be getting a ballot to an undeliverable address? So he said flat out, yeah, you should have every access as a citizen to get that information that you need. And he must have made a phone call or something because the next day the supervisor of election let us back in and we were able to basically get in to scan the cards. But unfortunately, two days after we got done talking to him, he he dropped dead of a heart attack. And Are you the, serious? the story is, yeah. Did you know about that? The no. story is, is that he was in a he was in a heated debate. He was in the office with uh, the chief of staff of, of Ron Santis and Cord Burt, the Secretary of State. This again is through the grapevine. It came down through uh, some of the Republican Party and things like that, but they were supposedly in a heated debate. And I can't help but think it was about this topic because we talked to him on Tuesday and I think Thursday this all happened. And uh, he said he had to step outside to cool down and he, he fell dead in the hallway. So, I mean, we haven't had a this replacement is, yet. This is DeSantis' guy? DeSantis' defense, we also got slammed with the storm too. So. 
DeSantis had to change gears and, and run down south to the to the storm. Yeah, that's our chief elections police, basically, the new newly appointed. He was appointed he's, in July. He's finding things that he can't unsee and he dies of a heart attack. Yeah, I don't know what they were talking about. It would have been a love to have been a fly on the wall and just know it, but I can't help but because we were talking to him and trying to basically reach out with the information that we had. And I was saying that this is a huge problem. We're, it's not an isolated event. We might, my first instinct was we were hacked. When I saw this happening in the computers, I didn't suspect the supervisor of elections being involved at all because I was like, there's no way supervisors of elections are changing thousands of addresses across the state. So we, we immediately thought that it was a hack attempt. We recently saw a video at that, that event too, where, people were breaking into the SQL database easily with a, a, I can't remember the name of the code. You might know it. You've got a tech background. It was like a, a, a they call them script kitties where they basically have a, a, a SQL injection for a SQL server. And they did was just break into the SQL server database because it's online for some strange reason and change whatever they want in the database. And they were essentially reading and pulling out military uh, people that were in the military so they could cut and paste and put all the information into the Yubikaibo system and make ballots for, for military people. Our system, I mean, when I saw this, it's like you could drive a cargo ship through all of the security holes that yeah. we have with this. And the thing yeah. that bugs me more than anything, you're a tech guy too, but like, this is so simple. This is all free, free stuff that you can get from the post office. It would literally take me maybe a day to two days to put a address verification uh, script into that form and it yeah. would shut all of this stuff down. But they don't want to shut. So this is where you get into what, how big is this machine of controlling the American people? Yeah. You know, Chris, yeah. I think it's institutional slavery. It's not black, white, green, yellow. Oh, yeah. They want to, they want to make it about that, but it's institutional yeah. slavery. You know, 54 cents on every dollar goes to the government. You don't own your own home. You don't own your car. You don't own anything. Cause if you don't pay your taxes, they'll come and take it from you. Can't drive it on the road. Can't do certain things. Right. So, so that's why I say it's institutional. You know, the, the federal employees get a pension fund that's probably the best out there. So sweetheart deal. Right. If you yeah. work for the government, yeah. everyone Absolutely. else has to do a 401k and do everything they can. And and then you have mm -hmm. the big corporations that, by the way, are, are tax exempt up to a billion dollars. So aren't you going to make sure you stay underneath the billion dollars? Then? I, I've had a weird background because I everything that you just mentioned, I had a foot in each one of those steps. I was in the military first as in the Air Force. And then I gravitated into government contracts. I actually ran kicking and screaming because after working with the DOT and watching all the corruption, when you talk about a money machine, when they're putting in a billion dollar road, especially California, I'll never forget that. I, I, I gravitated over to diversity stuff because I, I did a lot of high, high end stuff with addresses and email. And uh, like they, they that what was that that high speed rail that they were supposed to put in California that never got built. And yeah. I'm sitting there watching people get hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do diversity reports. And I was like, diversity reports on what? You're not even hiring anybody yet. And it's just like, I just, just dropped all of it because it, I, I felt so sleazy even just being affiliated to it. I, I personally built the system in Alabama to help disadvantage, uh, what's name, disadvantaged workers as well as disabled veterans to get contracts there. But I just gave it all up and said, that's it. I'm not dealing with this anymore. And then I did corporate work and I worked with investors, but it's just as equally corrupt because they're all basically taking people to dinner and getting contracts 
So it just it's just corruption in every angle. It's all money laundering as far as I'm concerned. Well, I'm going to give you the final word. Then I'm going to pray for you because I pray at the end of every show. So I get to pray for you here. So it'll be great. Um, and then uh, I got to unfortunately head to a funeral. Um, I got to get on a plane and go, uh, you know, uh, see my aunt to her final resting place. Um, but I'll give you the final word and then I'll pray for you. Well, thanks so much. I mean, the biggest thing here is, is that I would like everybody to go out there. Don't the, one thing that's coming back from the feedback is people are just getting disheartened and saying, I give up. Why vote? It's over. I pray and tell you that what happened in Venezuela is that exact thing. People gave up. Okay. If you can't give up here, we have to make a final siege and basically go in here. And, and when I say siege, it's a political siege from, from voting vote on the day of election in person if you did get a mail-in ballot take it with you and basically if they do tell you that you've already voted call the sheriff and just calmly file a police report show the sheriff your ballot and tell them exactly that you basically were told and hopefully they'll follow a police report that you can document that this was happening to you but the big thing here is is that people on the ground that are in, in election integrity Pay close attention to these signatures and the address matching stuff is really easy. We can do this in spreadsheets. You don't need crazy software uh, and, and basically super reports. Just look to see two months in advance if that same voter ID had the same address. And anybody that had an address change before the election should be suspect and should be looked into a little bit deeper. Amen. And, and look, well, the fight is not won, but we must continue to fight forward. And I, I'm glad you brought up Democrats and Republicans working together because it's important to understand. It's important to understand that we are in a place where it's the Americans on one side and the radicals on the other. And unfortunately, that means that they're in our own party as well. They're in the Republican Party. They're in the Democrat Party. We need to set all that aside and just become Americans. Just Americans first. Yes. That's it. That's all we care Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and pray for you. And also, this is how we find you and for the for the audio version, Truth Social and Telegram. You're at the People's Audit, right? That's it. And on Telegram, it's uh, excuse me, that's both. It's at the People's Audit on both Telegram and so, yep. Truth Social, and the website is the dash People's with an S dash Audit dot org. Yeah, I had to get the hyphenated one for the euro. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go ahead and pray for you. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to have Chris on today. Thank you for his courage, his commitment, his stamina. Thank you for giving him the tools, the talents, the abilities, and the, and the others that walk with him to get to the bottom of all the fraud that's happening in Florida. And thank you for his courageous voice for being able to get him to stand out there and say, this is what's happening. So other states can look into this fraud in their states as well. Father, I would just ask you to put a special blessing over Chris to protect his mind and his heart, to protect the work that he's doing, to give him the wisdom to be able to walk carefully down the path of disclosing and uncovering all of the fraud that exists. Father, we understand that it's not a vote that's stolen. It's a vo our voice. And we understand how important it is to restore you to our community, but it takes the effort of what Chris is doing. It, it, the, the, it, it, it's a Herculean effort. And I just thank you for giving him the strength to carry through. But Father, I would just ask you to press on him, his importance in everything that we're doing. 
help them to walk with others and develop unity, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. They're just Americans, Father. So help us that we can set aside the football team and start getting to the one team that matters, and that is just followers of Jesus. Help us, Father, that we can restore you to our community, that we can make ethics and morals the thing that we guide our lives by, and that as we get through this and we set aside petty differences and we accept people where they are and not where we want them to be necessarily, that we find a place where people want to look towards a more ethical, more uh, godly future. Help us, Father, that we can be warriors for you. Help us that we can have courage always. And help us, Father, that we can stand together and look towards the mission and not let those petty differences divide us. I ask for all these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That was so, that was so touching. And I, 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 a lot of people give me credit, but I mean, I'm telling you that even people like you that inspired us to step forward, uh, you're, you've been out there from the beginning, and I've watched you basically take a lot of punches as well, a lot of arrows. So thanks for everything you're doing. Hey, I walk with you as you walk with me. What they do to you, they do to me. So thank yep. you for all the work that you're doing. God bless you. God bless you. Well, I got to tell you, Chris is doing an amazing amount of work. If you can go and support him and, and uh, align with him, you can go to the People's Audit. That's the-peoples-audit.org. And you can go to Truth Social and Telegram and at the People's Audit as well. Well, we're out of time. And I want you to know that uh, in the end, we know who wins. God wins. And we're just here to help him. We're just here to be stewards of the time that he gave us and the commitment to those in the community, but to each other. So continue the fight. Fight on. I'm going to fight with you. What they do to you, they do to me. Go to my pillow, support Mike Lindell. Go to my store, buy his coffee, get the subscription. He's got a special that's out there right now. You can use code CD21. That's Charlie David 21. Go use that. Become a subscriber and get your coffee, my coffee. Mike's coffee, which is your coffee, which is my coffee. <laughs> Just go ahead and do that. God bless you all. I will be on tomorrow uh, sparingly. I'll be at a funeral, so I hope to get a chance to pop on and have a conversation with you in the morning, but then I'll see you again tomorrow night. God bless you, and have a great night. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, 
you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.